We're so thankful to have Brother and Sister Rouse and their family with us to come and to preach to us. Thank God for evangelists and men that's willing to take the, uh, the reins or take the responsibility to part of the five-fold ministry and to uh, take their family and go all over this country to preach this gospel and good tidings. And thank God for it. Amen. And we want him to come. He's at home. He knows he's here. And we love him. He's part of family. We've known him for all our lives pretty much. And so we're just glad that he's here. I want him to come. Man, feel at home. You're going to give him a good Bendale welcome this morning. God bless you, Brother Ross. Amen. I wonder, would you lift your voices, would you hand clap all across the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Would you do it from the bottom of your heart? God, there's no place I'd rather be than to be in your presence. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many knows he's a way maker in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. You can be seated for a few moments. You know what? Most of you here probably know my father-in-law, Brother Spears. Amen. He's a, he's a good hunter and a good fisherman. And, uh, you know, I, I went on a fishing trip a couple of weeks back, probably a little more than a month ago now. And uh, he had one of his other friends with him, Brother Chad Lott. And uh, when him and my father-in-law get together, there's a little bit of an unspoken competition. You know, they two men, you know, they're both good at fishing. And then there's me in the middle, just happy to be there. And uh, so, uh, you know, Brother Chad, he had already went and uh, he had caught a ton of fish a few days before. So he knew where they were at. He was fired up. And uh, I didn't know this at the time, but when we get there, he had his ice chest on the, on the boat. And Brother Spears immediately recognized this isn't his normal little ice chest, but this is his big ice chest. So there was a lot of expectation that we was going to be bringing some fish back to the house. And so we get out there and we're fishing. And man, we get on some specks and they're, they're just, just a little bit too small. Man, I'm having a good time. We're catching them, throwing them back. And I'm just having a good time. And, and my father-in-law, you, if you know him very good, he, he wasn't very happy. He wasn't happy just to catch a fish. But he wanted to catch a keeper. And so they kept talking back and forth to him and Brother Chad. And we would fire the motor up, and we'd take off, and we'd go somewhere else, and we'd get on some more small fish, and then they'd get to griping and complaining, and we'd take off somewhere else. And they kept apologizing to me all day long. We're so sorry, brother. We, we just knew we was going to get on some fish. And I said, hey, I, I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but I'm having a great time. I'm just happy to be here, feel that tug on my line, and that reeling a fish. Even if i got to throw it back, I'm having fun. Like, well, that, that's, that's not what we want to do. We want to catch some. And, and I began to think, we were all out there fishing. We were all catching fish. And I was happy and they were getting frustrated. The difference was our level of expectation was different. I was just happy just to be there and feel a little tug on the line. But they had their expectations set so high that when we leave here today, we're going to be able to fry some fish when we get back to the house because we're going to have something in the box. And I wonder how many people are here in the house of the Lord this morning that you've come with an expectation that says, I don't want to just feel good for a little bit. I don't want to just go there and have a so-called good time. But when I walk out of the doors this morning, headed back to my vehicle, I want to know that I'm bringing something home with me that to sustain me. I want to know that I'm bringing something home with me that's going to keep me throughout the week. I don't know about you, but it's not just good enough to feel a little bit, but you got to get enough to bring it home with you so that you can change not only your life, but somebody's life around you. Come on, you can get enough in the house of the Lord this morning that'll keep you to the next service. You can get enough in the house of the Lord this morning that it'll be enough to bring home to your family. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles, Luke chapter 19. Amen. Beginning with verse number one. Luke chapter 19, verse one. I do want to say what an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Give honor to Pastor Moore, his wife. Amen. Don't take it lightly to be here. But I'm just believing God for great things in the house of the Lord this morning. I do give honor to my pastor, Brother Spears, as well. 
Thankful for him teaching and preaching the word of truth to me and my family. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And chief among the publicans means that he was the head tax collector for Jericho. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up, uh, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Would you lay your Bibles down and let's lift our hands together one more time. Lord Jesus, God, I come before you right now. Lord, I ask you Lord, that you'd empty me of myself, my own ideas, my own opinions. God, Lord, I pray that you'd fill me with your holy anointing. God, uh, Lord, help me to speak your words to your people. God, uh, Lord, that there would be enough anointing in this house to destroy every yoke of bondage. Uh, bind up the, the broken heart and set every captive soul free. God, uh, open the prison doors to them that are bound and are crushed in their spirits. God, uh, Lord, we know that you're able to do it in this house. God, uh, we know that you're able to call somebody out of darkness into your marvelous light, Lord. And if any good thing would happen in this house today, Lord, let it be said that it was because of your anointing. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Would you put your hands together one more time? Would somebody say in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, could we exalt him for just a few more moments? Hallelujah. He's in this house to deliver. He's in this house to make a way. Hallelujah. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In the wonderful name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, you may be seated. I just want to preach to you this morning for a little bit what God has laid on my heart today. Just a simple little thought. Positioned for a divine encounter. Positioned for a divine encounter. Amen. Zacchaeus was a rich tax collector. And I'm sure that if we took a poll here this morning, that um, probably not very many of, us, many of us are too fond of the IRS. And uh, probably not too many of us get real excited when we look at our, our check stub and we see how much taxes was held out. And we think of how that's being used. And most of us here probably don't get too excited when tax season uh, comes around because uh, uh, it's taking from us. Uh, and uh, so here you find Zacchaeus. That is the boat that he is in. But it was a little bit worse as far as Zacchaeus was concerned. Uh, not only was he a tax collector but he was a Jew that was taking taxes from other Jews and giving those taxes to the Roman government so not only was he seen as a tax collector but he was also viewed as a traitor he was viewed as taken from his own and given to the foreign enemy given to the invaders and causing the invaders to prosper and to have more than enough so he was not viewed as a very special man but he was looked upon and despised and hated by those that were around him and by those that were closest to him. But can I tell you that in spite of who Zacchaeus was, in spite of his job description, in spite of what everybody else thought about him, and in spite of how he may have even viewed himself, there was something on the inside of him that 
drove him with such great desire that said, I have got to see Jesus. I've got to know who he is. There was something that burned within him that said, I want to know more about him. I've heard them call him a savior. I've heard them call him a healer. But I want to see him for myself. I want to know him by more than just somebody else's testimony. But I want it to be personal in my life. I've come to tell somebody today you can know him more than just by somebody else's words. But it can be real in your life. The word of God tells us in the passage we read in that third verse that Zacchaeus sought to see the Lord. He had made up in his mind, I've got to see Jesus. That word salt means to, to search for, to try to find, to look for, to look around for, to cast around for. I wonder if you could picture in your mind somebody trying to find some important documents and they're rummaging through their drawer and they're throwing papers to the side and throwing things around because they're casting things out of the way trying to find what they know is important trying to get a hold of something that's of value can I tell you here in the house of the Lord this morning oh that sometimes we've got to cast some things around in our minds to make room for a miraculous encounter with the king of kings and the lord of lords sometimes we've got too much junk in our lives and in our minds but Zacchaeus said I'm seeking the Lord I've got my mind made up. I will see him. I will know him. I will touch him. I will not be satisfied just standing on the fringes, but I've got to know him. The word of God tells us that Zacchaeus was a man of little stature. He was a small man. And so in his efforts to press through the crowd, he was stopped and he was blocked at every turn. And it's not hard to imagine that Zacchaeus was not the only man in the crowd that was short of stature. It's, it, you can just picture that here he is on the fringes, on the outskirts, on the outside looking in. Trying to get closer to Jesus. But every attempt that he makes, he's kept on the fringe and on the outside. He was kept on the outside looking in. And I don't know if maybe every once in a while through the gap that may occasionally open up, maybe he caught a glimpse or two of Jesus. But in his heart, the desire was so great uh, that that little glimpse was not enough. Uh, that little viewing was not enough. Uh, but there was something in him that drove him uh, that said, I'm not content to stay where I am right now, uh, but I want to know him. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 and 13 says, uh, And ye shall seek him and shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Uh, can I tell you that when we have a made up mind that says no matter what I'm going to know him then you will know him if you can somehow make up in your mind it does not matter what the rest of the crowd's doing I will know Jesus he could have been satisfied and said hey I was with the crowd I was at church on Sunday morning I knew I know Jesus was there because he touched somebody else but he made up his mind I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it for myself. It does not matter what else is going on around me. I'm going to change my crowd. And I'm going up to see Jesus. I'm going up to have a divine encounter with God. It's not enough just to come. But you got to be involved. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, if he would have been content to just stay with that same crowd that was stuck on the outskirts, 
That's the only experience that he would have ever had. He would have just been a spectator. But something in him said, it doesn't matter what I got to do. I've got to get myself in a position where I can have a divine encounter with Jesus. And so within his heart, that desire, that burning flame pushed him and urged him to run ahead. And he begins to climb up that sycamore tree. Oh, to some that may have looked a little childish. To some that may have looked, hey, I only used to do that when I was a kid, when I was small. But can I tell you, we've got to let down our pride and let down all those, all those things that would cause us to stay just somewhere on the edge. You've got to become like a little child. It says no matter what I got to do, I'm going to get in his presence. I'm going to get a good view of him. I will not be satisfied with this alone with everybody else. But hand over hand, I'm climbing up. I'm climbing up because I'm going to see him. I'm going to know him. I'm going to have a relationship with him. If it's the last thing I do, if I've got to look silly, then that's what I'll do. But I'm going to have my moment. I'm going to have my divine encounter with the God of all gods. Oh, somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. For Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance. Or on the height of his stature. Because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart. Now. Samuel has been sent to anoint a king. To anoint a man after God's own heart. And here comes Eliab the eldest. And on the outside. Samuel said, this man looks like a king. He carries himself like a king. And, uh, and no doubt if, uh, if they were just looking for somebody to represent their country, uh, maybe he would have been a good looking representative. Uh, maybe he would have cast a good light uh, if people would have looked on him and said, hey, look at their king. Doesn't he, doesn't he look mighty kingly? Uh, doesn't he look good with that crown on his head? Uh, oh, doesn't it look like a great king that you would want to serve? Uh, oh, but can I tell you, uh, the Lord told Samuel, uh, you're looking on the out." Uh, on his outer appearance but I'm looking deeper than all of that and I don't see within him a heart that is willing to pursue me I don't see within him a heart that says I will follow after God he had all the looks just right he had everything that he could have looked like a king but he would have never had the heart of a king that would serve the Lord can I tell somebody here tonight today in the house of the Lord how is your heart are you longing to see him are you longing to serve him are you longing to please the master this morning Hallelujah. Now I understand some use and abuse the scripture to say well you know you see here it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside but can I tell you, when you get the inside right, the outside will take care of itself. When you have a heart that's set and desires to see King Jesus and to please him, you'll do anything you can. Hey, what do I need to do, Pastor? You'll get down on your knees and you'll pray, God, convict me of what I need to be convicted of. Change me however I need to be changed. I want to be pleasing to you. My desire is to be in your presence. God, make my heart to where it can be conformed and changed. Transformed by your spirit. Hallelujah. And each one. They had the good looks as they passed by. But their heart wasn't right. But when it came time for David. He wasn't like Eliab. 
He didn't have the great stature. He didn't have the look of a king. But God had already seen his heart. That when he was out there tending his father's sheep, when it was just him and the Lord, he was able to offer up a praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He did not have a crowd, but he had an audience of one that he was worshiping, that he was praising, that he was glorifying. Why? Because his heart was in the right place and his heart was set and his heart was fixed to please the Lord. Can I tell you here today, it does not matter what your last name is. It does not matter who your mama or your daddy is. It does not matter where you came from but can I tell you what matters is where is your heart telling you you need to go now it's your heart saying I need Jesus like I've never needed him before I need a deeper relationship than I've ever had before I'm tired of being on the on the skirts I'm tired of being on the fringes I want all of him hallelujah oh If God was looking for stature, he would have chose Eliab. But that's not what he was looking for. He was looking for somebody with a made up mind, with a heart that was fixed to please the Lord. Oh, can I tell you that when David walked onto that battlefield bringing provision to his brothers, if God was looking for stature, there was King Saul head and shoulders taller than anybody else in Israel. But where was he when Goliath, who was also mighty in stature, came out to defy the armies of the living God? Saul was in his tent somewhere looking for somebody else he could send out to fight. And yes, Eliab was there on the battlefield, and he had the looks of a king. But when the challenge came forth, he was hiding with everybody else. But there was little David with a made-up mind that said this uncircumcised Philistine is defying the armies of the living God what was different he had his heart fixed that I'm going to please the Lord no matter what his anointing is on my life and I will not back down I've got a made up mind I'll fight I'll stand send me I'll go if you're looking for a vessel I've got a willing heart if you're looking for somebody I want him I want him God I'm I'm thirsty. I'm searching for you. Oh, it wasn't a man of great stature that brought the victory. But it was a man with a heart willing to seek after the Lord. And so was Zacchaeus. It did not matter what he looked like. It did not matter what people thought about him. All he was worried about is I've got to put myself in a position to see Jesus. I've got to see him. I've got to know him like I've never known him before. I wonder would you lift your hands with me right now all across the house of the Lord. Oh, and There he is, setting up in that sycamore tree. And here comes Jesus. And Jesus gets to that place where he is and he looks up. And he says, Zacchaeus, won't you come on down? For today I must abide at your house. Today I want to be with you. Today I want to get to know you and I want you to get to know me. I want to stay at your house. And can I tell you that here in the house of the Lord this morning that whether you know it or not, we are the temple of God. We are the dwelling place. We are the house of the Lord. Oh, if you've got a heart in you that says no matter what, I must know him. He'll call you by name and tell you, hey, you have positioned yourself for a divine encounter. You're about to get something that those on the sidelines will never get. You're about to experience something that those that are content to just go along with the crowd will never experience because you have put yourself in a place to see Jesus. I wonder what would happen if somebody would fall on their knees and lift their voice and say, God, I've got to have you. I wonder what would happen in somebody's life if they broke their heart with repentance and rent their heart and 
said, God, I'm not leaving until you feel me. I'm not leaving until I'm satisfied with your goodness. I'm putting myself in a place to have a moment with you. And here he comes down. And the word of the Lord says that Zacchaeus received the Lord joyfully. Something within him said, this is what I've been waiting for. This is that moment that I have prepared and positioned myself for. I'm in the presence of the Lord. My wife would go ahead and make her way up. Luke 8 and 40 says, and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him. For they were all waiting for him. Can I tell you our attitude makes a difference when we're in the house of the Lord. All oh, for those that were waiting on Jesus, they received him gladly. They were sitting there, Brother Moore, with expectation. I know Jesus is about to come back. I know he's on his way back. And when I see him, I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to be glad. And can I tell you that we're living in the last of the last days. And those that are waiting for him will be glad when he returns. But those that are not waiting for him, those that are scoffing and saying, hey, they've been preaching about that my whole life. Oh, they're going to be sorry when the Lord comes in all this power and all this glory and all this might. But those that have been waiting on him are going to be glad and rejoice. Rejoice and say, hey, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been longing for. Jesus. When we long for him, he'll pass by your way. And when the crowd saw what Jesus was doing for Zacchaeus, verse 7 says they murmured. Saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that was a sinner. But this next verse, verse 8, shows us a lot about Zacchaeus' heart. He had already had his heart in order. He had already been repentant. And he said, Lord, half of all my goods I give to the poor. And if I've wronged any man by false accusation, I restored to him fourfold. That's another point that isn't talked about a whole lot anymore, Brother Moore. Is going and making restitution, going and making things right. God help us in the house of the Lord this morning. But Zacchaeus said, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do. My heart is fixed. I've got to know you like I've never known you before. Would you begin to lift your voice all across this house right now? Come on, is there a desire in somebody's heart, in your spirit that's burning? I'm preaching to sinners this morning. I'm preaching to saints of God that maybe your fire's gone out or maybe it's just flickering a little bit and, and you don't have that same desire that you used to have. I'm preaching to everybody in the house this morning. You've got to make up your mind. I want Jesus. Like I've never wanted anything else. Oh, and Jesus answered the crowd and said, You know, this day of salvation come to this house. He's a son of Abraham just like you are. He's just like you. He needs a savior. He needs a deliverer. He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, what a beautiful picture. Brother Zacchaeus sought to know the Lord. He's got his mind fixed. His mind made up. I've got to know him. And at the same time, walking down that road was a savior. Searching and seeking to save that which was lost. 
Oh, and when Zacchaeus positioned himself in a place, those two ways met and intersected as Zacchaeus was hungry and thirsty. And the Savior came to seek and to save that which was lost. And what happened was a divine encounter to where Zacchaeus was never, never the same. I want to we lift our hands right now, not because I'm asking you to, but because you want to know him like you've never known him before right now all across this house. I pray that a hunger would rise up in your spirit right now. Come on, is there anybody here this morning that wants to position themselves for a divine encounter with God? I'm not satisfied with my shallow relationship. I'm not satisfied with just a Sunday morning, Sunday night midweek service relationship but I want more than that for myself I want more than that for my family I want to sing with such anointing I want to pray with such fervency I want to do it with all my heart come on saint of God come on sinner come on broken hearted Come on, downtrodden. If there's something in your spirit that says, I've got to know him, would you come? If there's something in you that says, I will not be satisfied, just going through the motions. Hey, if I got to change who I'm hanging around, then that's what I'm willing to do. If I got to cut some relationships loose, then that's what I'm willing to do. But I'm going to climb up that sycamore tree. I'm going to be positioned for that divine encounter that will forever change my life <laughs> come on would you empty yourself out this morning I said would you empty yourself out this morning Come on, we didn't come to play church this morning. We didn't come just to go through the motions. We didn't come just to see who was going to be here. But right now in this house, we need a divine encounter. We need that encounter that says, today I'm going home with you. Today I'm going home with you. I'm going to take you to heights you've never known. I'm going to take you to depths you've never been to before. I'm going to take you to a place of intercession. I'm going to take you to a place of breakthrough. I'm going to take you to a place like you've never known. Would you lift your voice and pray all across the house? Lift your voice and pray all across this house. Dear saint of God, stir up that gift that is within you. Stir up that gift that is within you. Oh, come on, dear saint of God, stir it up. God, my heart is fixed. My mind's made up. My mind's made up. I need you. I need you. I need you.
How many are thankful for the Word of God this morning? The presence of the Lord. For that encounter, a lot of it depends on the condition of the heart. Thirst, the hunger. Life itself sometimes can help condition the heart. Things happen, things that take place. God sees it all. Guess what? God knew it before it ever even started to come. God knew. And so He knows. He knows. And how, how well this was placed this morning. Zacchaeus that was willing to climb the tree that pressed through the crowds and what it was going to take. Why? I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. So the heart's got to be conditioned to see Him. And sometimes that heart can be broken. But He's the one. He's the one that takes the pieces. He's the one. He's the author and finisher. He is the one that can well back that broken heart. Our welders brag about it and talk about it, but they can't do it. He is the one that can take Humpty Dumpty, fell off the wall, and put all the pieces back together. He is the one. I want my heart to be conditioned. I want the heart of this church to, to be conditioned. Because when the heart gets conditioned, the passion, the desire, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. <laughs> Amen. Have you ever really had a passion for something? You ever have a real craving for something? And you was willing to drive two hours in one direction to get it. Cause the desire for it. The craving for it. It was worth the journey. It was worth the sacrifice. Because you craved it. You desired it. That's the same way we have to get. We got to want him more than all the world. More than all the pleasures of the world. All, more than all the comforts of the world. We got to want him. We gotta want him and a fellowship, a companionship with him. So I studied out from Byron Tanner's wedding yesterday, and I left I had about 30 minutes. Really nailed that down. The expectation of God. You watch this. And please. Please, this is not offensive. Please, it's, it's not. But listen to your maker. Listen to the original plan of God. In the beginning, Adam, he made the search. Not a suitable helmet. It's not good for you to be alone. And so, now, Eve, the suitable helpmate now, that comes along beside him, that they become as one. Watch this. And as we walk in the obedience of God and His commandments and statutes, that gives us access to all of His promises and helps and direction. <laughs> and the only thing that really bonds or separates that bondmanship are said and done. If we stay in God's... And I understand. So I, I know this is a tightrope, okay? But God's expectation, God's heartbeat was death. But watch this. Death doesn't really separate them, but only for a period of time. If you walked with him and his promises, there will be a day. Together, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. He'll pull them up together. It's real beautiful. If you go back and do a little study on the Jewish. 
commitments watching. The groom had to go and he had to ride out all his promises. He had to make preparation. He had to have a house and a place to come get the bride and carry her. What did he promise us? He said, if you believe God in God, believe also in me. Because I have gone to prepare a place for you. I mean, it all falls in line, ladies and gentlemen. So knowing this, and we all make blunders, and we all make mistakes, and we all come up short, and, you know. I want to hear this junk, you're holier than I ain't none of us no holier than the rest of us. We're all here by His mercy, His grace, His compassion. And just because I didn't stumble in this hole, I've got plenty of my own. Are you hearing me? There's only one unforgivable sin. And that's when you reject him and blaspheme against him and say it ain't nothing to him. Especially after you've been introduced to him by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you felt his presence. You felt his presence and you know it was God. And when you say it wasn't nothing to him, you blaspheme. You cut him off. There's no other help, no other place. But in him, he conditions the heart. Because he sees and knows it all. He knows all the outs and the ends. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. What a hope we have to give unto our As vessels of God. As vessels of God. Living and serving Him. Thank you, Brother Rouse, Sister Rouse, for the Word of God. Song. What a sweet touch. The presence of the Lord is with us today. Praise God. Let's hold to this. Cling to this throughout this afternoon. As we make our way back to the house of the Lord tonight. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. It's come. It's come expecting. Man, it's just going to build from this. It's just going to ignite from this. Praise God. And such a visitation and a moving. I don't want to miss this visitation. How about you? I don't want to miss the encounter with this guy. I want to draw closer to him, folks. I want to know him. I want to see him. I want to be the lover of my soul. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you this morning. Let's pray for one another. Lift one another up. God bless you. See you tonight. God bless you.